So Wampum Press starts in a Taco Bell in Taliquah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Yeah. It was Burger King. It was not Burger King. It was absolutely Burger King with their breakfast menu. Was that in Taliquah? Yeah. Oh, Taco Bell was later. You're right. How embarrassing. And Lynette. Yeah, the, the lovely gorgeous Lynette, Lynette. Who commented on my nails and asked me if they were acrylic. And That's uh, right. Yeah, she she was such a bright sunshine ray of yeah, sunshine. She was a treat. Hi, I'm Michael Earp. And I'm Bailey Turner. Welcome to Michael's Walk, the podcast. Michael's Walk is a road trip, a search for something. Spoilers, it's myself, and it was inside all along. If only it were that simple. Driven by Tori Amos' album, Scarlet's Walk, I'm recreating the journey Scarlet took in its 20th anniversary year. I'll also be there. With the loving and patient... Always patient. ...support of Bailey and Teague Lee, three trans queers set out across America... That's 33 states in 55 days. ...to connect with the songs, the land that inspired them, and the fans inspired by the songs. We'll talk music, travel, healing, and hope as we ask the questions... How do I heal from 15 years of coercive control and manipulation? And what role does the music we listen to play in our own relationship narratives? We've self-produced this podcast and trip. You can support us via GoFundMe. For the full story, head to michaelerp.net. Yeah, so our trip on the Wampum Pair. So Wampum Pair on the map is actually quite lengthy. It stretches all the way from Tucson, um, right through uh, Tucson, Arizona, right yeah. through New Mexico, Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas, down through Missouri, and then at around Telequa changes into Don't Make Me Come to Vegas. Mm. But obviously for our part of our journey, it was the changeover at Telequa up to Kansas City. And a lot of people got confused because we were in St. Louis, which is like a four-hour drive to Kansas City. But, but instead, <laughs> we decided to fly to Dallas and then do a 12-hour drive up to... <laughs> <laughs> Everyone was Kansas so bamboozled City. by it, but it was the only... When we were plotting this out, we were like... We could do it this way, and we're like, well, we cannot miss any girls, even if we only have them for a day. Yeah. Um, which is kind of the situation here where we tried to get as much as we could in the day to connect with these songs. And so this little strip was stopping at two different creeks and, again, putting our feet in the water to just connect. We also made a decision, which I'm really, really pleased about, where instead of taking the highways up to Kansas City, we took sort of the off-roads which oh, really yeah. only cost us about 10 minutes max, but made such a difference to be able to see more and have a more intimate connection. We went on sort of a, a bare road. We were like right in the thick of yeah. the sort of um, the forest. Well, we wouldn't have got either of those streams had we not. That's right. And they were both great, even though one hurt our feet a lot. The rocks were painful, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a baby. They're just a baby. Uh, no, nah, that should hurt. <laughs> I was in yeah. so much pain. <laughs> <laughs> but I loved the start. Like, my goodness, there was just all these families 
literally sitting on <laughs> camping chairs in the river. It was so hot. It was so hot. So I can't blame them. And just, they had their country music playing from the back of their utes. Uh, or pickups, pickup trucks, mm. as they're called over here. Getting out their blow, their blowies, or their, their blow-ups. Uh, Getting their blow-ups and filling them with ice and floating down the river going... Tubing. Oh, so much. So seen, many tubing. Seen tubing everywhere through Oklahoma mm. and Missouri. But, um, look, I would say that, you know, having these beautiful reservations flooded with white people paying money to jump in an inner tube and spill beer in the, in the creeks, <laughs> I felt was a very um, pertinent reference point for Wampum Prayer. Yeah. Which, you know, is... Tori talks about, you know, the connection she made to Indigenous people when um, a voice kind of called to her as she was travelling through Cherokee territory, which is the Native American people that Tori descends from, in part. Yeah. Uh, and spoke to her about the, the massacres that happened there, and that's what she kind of follows. Uh, because it's so short, I will just read the entire... We'll read... Yeah, let's have the prayer. In our hand, an old, old thread, trail of blood and amens. Greed is the gift for the sons of sons. Hear this prayer of the wampum. This is the tie that will bind us. You um, actually looked into the meaning of wampum. Yeah, I, um, I will admit that for most of my life, I have had no idea what wampum was or meant. And well, bear in mind that we're not even... We weren't even taught about our own Indigenous history in, yeah. in school, let alone the Indigenous relations of other countries. I will admit that I had always assumed it was a tribe of people. As had I, yeah. I had thought that it was like saying Cherokee prayer, but uh, it turns out that the Wamprom are actually the, the precious beads made out of shells, quite often kept on a thread or a chain, a necklace, they were sometimes used as money or um, to seal a deal when a trade is done. And so I believe, uh, I think some native land, native title lands were sold to colonizers. Mm. I'm using inverted commas a lot here, using wampum. And so it's actually, uh, much more broader and spiritual thing than just simply uh, being a specific yeah. land. But it makes so people. much more sense knowing knowing what the sort of, you know, with greed being the gift, you know, like that was, you know, beads were how Manhattan got started. Yeah. You know, bead tra- you know the, the bead markets in New York were the beginning of the great, you know, and powerful New York City. So, you know, it really had, you know, the trading of wampum has evolved and been weaponized into the commerce, you know, system uh, yeah, and the corrupt system that we that we know today. And chains of them were sometimes used as prayer beads mm. or prayer chains in the mm. same way that, you know, Catholics use rosary. Mm. So to have it be called the wampum prayer and be about the the ties that bind mm. us, 
because when you make a trade, that chain wraps around both of you. Mm. Um, I think it's a really powerful song. Yeah. We've heard um, a number of stories as well and seen, you know, as we were driving through you know, a lot of these places, how famous the Indian casino became. And I was having a dis we were having a discussion with the Krabby Apples about, I think it was the, no, it wasn't the Krabby Apples. It was um, the people we stayed with in Albuquerque. Oh, right. Talking about the Grand Canyon and how there have been multiple attempts by developers to create, like, put, like, a McDonald's and, like, you know, put a sky rail in and, you know, create, like, a shopping centre in the bottom of the Grand Canyon and, and apartments. And every time they kind of approach, they bring people from various tribes across the area who are interested in, you know, because they've been manipulated by the money, you know, and the, the possible financial impact. And we were reading about this as well at the Arch in St. Louis about, yeah, you know, about how many... Um, what how one one person's time. opinion uh you know the white people took as being speaking for the entire tribe so all you really needed was one to person. convince one person and pay them off enough and they didn't even necessarily have to be from that tribe they just had to say they were for the colonizer's purpose like oh these people you know they've said that's where they're from because there's no yeah paperwork which is what you know the the cruel language that white people speak in yeah. um identification documents and this crap so yeah, it was you know bamboozling that you know it you know greed has bound up everybody yeah. um, and has has toxified all humans um, in that sense. And it you know I think what I love about this is it it's it's a prayer, but it's also a curse. I think one of the best things I've ever read about curses is that curses are never something that an evil witch puts on a person. It's something that a person weaves upon themselves by behaving in a way that is immoral or cruel. And that's, you know, and, mm. and that's kind of what real life curses are. And this is really an example of that, you know, because of the way that white people have treated, you know, the, the native people of these beautiful countries. They've cursed themselves with greed and with the need for comfort, you know, like the, the amount of money that people have and the, and the amassing of wealth isn't making anyone happy and isn't creating a safe environment. like. It's destroying. It is destroying the, a human's ability. Yeah. To the human's ability to survive. I can't remember who I was talking to about. She was a guy I met in Denver, who was talking about you know destroying nature. And we were talking about Chernobyl, and I was like, well, this is the thing. Like, nature's going to be fine. Nature isn't being destroyed. Nature, nature will will endure long past us. We're not destroying nature. We're destroying our ability to live. Yeah, in, on, this you know, on this planet um, because ultimately what we've forgotten is that we actually need this planet to survive you know electricity and technology don't actually keep us alive they're not they're, they're not essential to human existence at all um, but proper greenery and sunlight and oxygen all are yeah yeah we yeah. are you know if, if this is this is the the curse um, upon humankind and you know time and nature have have no concept you know nature has no concept of time and it doesn't matter how long it takes for this curse to see itself out but at the end of the day the people who are going to endure through things like global warming are first nations people because they will know how to adapt yeah. and they will be working in sync with nature and the sooner that we 
turn to and support and, you know, and, and, uh, and empower. Allow, yeah, and, and allow ourselves to be led by yes. um, First Nations people, the better off we'll be in the long run. Um, but what that will require is a humility that I don't know if the world will ever be able to possess. Yeah. I think you put it really well. Um, we've written there, like, our futures are tied. Yeah. That's true. And um, we've ultimately, we've only hurt, we're, we've only hurt ourselves. We're only hurt, we've only hurt Well, ourselves. that kind of, it leads into my advice from that I sort of, my interpretation of this song is to be mindful of the land that you're on mm. and don't forget the history of it because when you erase the history, it only leads to making the same mistakes again and again. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, it was, a, you know, the same, you know, respect Indigenous culture. My advice was pay the rent, Virginia. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, yeah. actually, don't just, don't just know, but do, but work. Because ultimately, it's, I would say, it's, it's key to joy, is feeling connected to land. And the best people to teach you how to do that are indigenous cultures so find out that information you can book cultural meetings in you can mm. you can tour your local area you, you can, can visit sites and there's so much you can do that we often don't just for the sake of conveniences and comforts i think we're all very aware i mean i have everyone who's listening to this playlist i'm sure can understand that we're out of time yeah so you know we don't really have we don't really have the luxuries. There will be no more sons of sons. And um, I think the other thing was, my advice to Virginia is to be clear on what it is that makes you legitimately happy. You know, this conversation that we had about this song brought up conversations I've had with my father, encouraging me to buy land and have property and have a stable job and, you know, all these things that I had to tell him one day, none of those things make me happy. I want stories and experiences and relationships and, you know, massive amounts of debt and occupation of land are not going to give me any of those things. They are not markers of success for me Mm. at all. They are not markers of happiness. And I would encourage everyone to really assess that for themselves. What it is that actually makes you happy outside of owning things. You know, it's that beautiful Pocahontas quote (laughs) Um, you know you can own the land and still all you know you can own the earth and still all you'll own is earth until you can paint with the colours of the wind (laughs) so the song swap was interesting for this one because it's so clear in its intent that to then draw parallels with other songs Mm. we had to make sure that the we weren't distorting the message yeah. And for the longest time, I couldn't even think of anything really. But then I had a few come into my brain. One was a song called Couldn't Hear Nobody Pray. I think it's a traditional gospel mm. song, but the version that I know is performed by Suzy and Maggie Roche, uh, two of the Roche sisters. Mm-hmm. Um, in the, like they, they have a band with their third sister called the Roches. And they're great folky um, sort of trio. And they did a side project called Zero Church, which was supposed to be a collection of non-denominational prayers. 
and the opening track is this gorgeous gospel, couldn't hear nobody pray. And so that came to mind. Then also, not that it's, not that it's terribly like wampum prayer in its meaning or anything, but the, the final line in wampum prayer really brought to mind a line from a Joanna Newsom song, uh, which is probably my favourite Joanna Newsom song called Emily. Uh, it's a gorgeous, epic 12 and a half minute song um, on her album Wise. But in it, there's a line that says, the ties that bind, they are barbed and spined and hold us close forever. And that, it, that has always hit home with me because of feeling so ensnared in my past relationship. I was like, well, yeah, here we are. We're bound together, but my goodness, there are barbs. Mm. And then the last one that popped into my head was Native Tongue by Moju. Um, Mojo Juju, yeah. Yeah, I think their artist name now is just Moju. Oh, cool. But it's very much them coming to terms with their mixed race heritage and not really feeling like they have a connection to culture even though they're living in Australia and have indigenous heritage. So they also have Filipino heritage, but they can't speak Filipino. And so that's what native tongue is about. Like when you can't speak either of your supposed native languages, how, how can you connect with culture? Yeah. There's um, a piece that I'm writing for um, Through the Violets. It's one of the sort of pieces that got finished almost before I came here and I'm really excited to revisit it. I wrote it years and years and years ago uh, after seeing a really great exhibition by uh, an artist of colour named Ruth. And it was about being from an ethnic culture that was very much a part of the assimilation movement. You know, that's what Italians and Greeks did a lot of. And sort of talking about how I was emptied by my ancestors and you know, how do I, you know, am I appropriating even my own culture because I don't have a genuine connection to being Italian? Mm. You know, I didn't, I didn't speak it. I, I, I cook it vaguely, you know, like, but I've never been there. Like I don't, I've never visited there. Like it's just how, you know, how do I, how do I reclaim that? How do I claim that to be even to begin with? Yeah. yeah. Wow. I can't wait to read that one. Yeah. Uh, the, the songs that I picked, um, one is called Mountains of Things by Tracy Chapman. I listen, I've listened Who's to Tracy. She's your Anne Brun of, of the season. Yes, yes, yeah, she is. And I, there's, a, there's a Tracy Chapman song for every occasion. <laughs> um, I, actually, I am amazed I haven't used her more. The other artists I can't believe I haven't used at all yet, but I know that they're coming is Muna. Oh, yes. <laughs> so my favourite band. Um, uh, but Mountains of Things... Um, was a so is a song about you know basically accumulating wealth and and you know she's singing from you know Tracy has always sung about incredibly about social injustice and you know divides um, in wealth uh, the sort of haves and have nots and and racism and all these things and so this song is a, from the perspective of someone who is wealthy mm. um, and I'll read some of the lyrics in the bridge um, it's mostly I feel lonely. Good people are only my stepping stones. It's gonna take all my mountains of things to surround me, keep all my enemies away. 
keep my sadness and loneliness at bay. Mm. And like it's it's just a, a song that occurred to me was like absolutely spoke to that experience that you know what the sons sons are feeling now. Yeah. And the other one um, that sprung to mind was a song called Treaty by Yothu Yindi. This kind of was one of the first songs that I ever remember hearing that had um, indigenous language in it. It was, you know, one of the first, you know, Yothu Yindi were one of the first ever, you know, Aboriginal bands that got On radio airplay. Yeah. You know, like they actually, and it was kind of because the song was like a remix. It, you know, it was, it's a, it's a bop. <laughs> That's the reality. It's a bop, um, but speaks about relationship to country and I read a few lyrics of this one too. Words are easy, words are cheap, much cheaper than our priceless land, but promises can disappear, just like writing in the sand. Treaty, yeah, treaty now. And this has always been about the fact that there was never a treaty written between colonizers and the Aboriginal people. They didn't, they never surrendered their sovereignty. And it's, it's an ongoing issue now that yeah. Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people are still looking for a treaty between the Australian government and Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people to the degree where there is an Aboriginal embassy in the in Australia's capital that sort of exists to continue to fight this agenda yeah. of you know some kind of union in leadership. You know, reading up on the facts about Australia's relationship to its indigenous cultures, you know, we are considered as bad as America oh, in, yeah. the, in, in the mistreatment and in the massacres and the atrocities and the, the ongoing social divide uh, that yeah. exists. Indigenous deaths in custody. Yep. Uh, lack of education, homelessness, substance issues. I remember finding out recently that there's a program in a part of, I think it's the Kimberley, where like they put in like a, a recreation program that was only for young offenders. So they built this, this site for young offenders to have their parole meetings and to you know get counseling and it's air conditioned and there are, there's a PlayStation in there and like it's a place for them to go, but they can only go if they're young offenders. So you are creating, like I'm what, you know, yeah. a kid's gonna sit outside when it's like, oh all I need to do is hold up a hold up a petrol station or you know and, and then I'll get access to this resource. And there's another one where there's a counselling service that was put in a remote community and it's funded by the coroner. It's not funded by Indigenous Affairs or funded by health, it's funded by the coroner. And it only exists in response to the amount of suicide, Indigenous suicides in the area. Oh my goodness. So like, if Indigenous suicides stop, then the counselling will be withdrawn because that's the that's the, you know, like this is what, this is how systemic and how insidious it is. So, you know, there's a lot to be learned and there's a lot to be done with whatever time we have left to make, not just, you know, financial reparations. But everything else. Yeah, exactly. The one prop prayer. Well, thank you for joining us again for that episode. Don't oh, jump ahead of the patch. No, I'm my bad. <laughs> we will actually. So we made a decision about a half hour ago uh, that 
Because Michael didn't get to join, the it's the only song that Michael has missed, which is Sweet Sangria, which uh, travels from San Antonio to Houston in Texas, which Teague and I got to do. And we talked about experiences in each of those spots little by little here and there, but um, so we decided to put Sweet Sangria, sort of shoehorn her in between uh, Wampum Prayer and Carbon yes. as a way to make up for lost, um, make up that one being lost for Michael. But we also get to interview uh, the fantastic Michael Gillies, Mike Light on Instagram, um, who has lots to share about that. And then I also have a few, uh, a short snippet taken from the interview with Alexander Legesmore, which will be great to share as part of that episode as well. Yeah, it's going to be a hoot. We'll see you then. We'll see you then. The Michael's Walk podcast acknowledges that the journey they are undertaking takes place on the sacred and unceded nations of many proud Indigenous peoples. From the lands of the Wurundjeri and the Bunurong people of the Kulin Nation, we are fortunate to call home to each and every Native American tribe's land we'll set foot on as we travel. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging, and humbly acknowledge their sovereignty.